you guys can't be doing off-season judging for the national series once everybody takes the water out of their wheels and the 17 liners that got stuffed in there that's when you see the real results i agree I mean, come on man like some of those dudes roll up and they're smoking briar bowman what do you think is really going on Episode 170, Tank Slatten Podcast. We'll call this the triple-digit Tyler Scott episode. I think Tyler Scott's one AFT race he's done thus far. He was number 170. So we're full send, baby. We'll full send it, we'll send it like uh, like Ty Scott, baby. Uh, AFT preview show. We're going to bang this one out. It's been, I don't know, two weeks since we have did our last show. And it's kind of been a quiet winter, but... This one should be good. Hopefully, all the the lack of podcasts, this should make up for it. We have Eric Hartley, as always, on the other side of the mic, and special guest, insider, our uh, our fact checker, Jesse Janish. Man, what's good, Jesse? I don't know about an insider, but I can definitely be a fact checker. <laughs> Dude, stoked to have you on, man. We're going to... You're not you're not doing any AFT stuff, right? You're doing you're focusing on uh, you're working full time. You're selling hogs, but uh, or well, I don't know what you what you got some other stuff going on now. But you're uh, full time working and part time bagger, bagger, big bagger guy doing Daytona man. So uh, no AFT races for you this year, right? At least as of now. Yeah, man. I mean, nobody's asked me to ride anything yet, so just uh, I guess I'm a spectator. And uh, doing the bagger thing, which is fun. Um, excited so, to ride Daytona. So I wanted to ask quickly because I, you know, I'm I'm not up to speed on that side of the house. So is is the the series that you're running? Is that the same as the Moto America King of the Bagger? Well, I'm doing both series. So there's a Moto America King of the Baggers, and then there's the Bagger Racing League. So okay, the rules okay, are. Okay. I mean, the rules are slightly different, but essentially, if you have a Moto America bagger, you can race in BRL. Um, not necessarily vice versa, depending on which rule you wouldn't be following, I guess. But uh, yeah, some guys ride both. Um, I'm doing the whole BRL series. And then uh, for, for right now, we're just doing Daytona on uh, the Moto America side. So excited to do it. It's been a really, really long time since I've been in the pro paddock for road racing. So a lot's changed. I don't even know the rules. I kind of skimmed it over super quick, but ah, whatever. We'll figure it out. It's going to be fun. Well, back yeah, when I'm Hooligan stoked. was Hooligan racing, you could uh, you could also ride in the Hooligan class with that bagger, right? Run with your brung. Yeah, that definitely doesn't follow in those rules now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're I'm stoked for you, man. It's going to be cool to I you know I got a lot of homies in the bagger in the bagger league, but you're probably one of my my closest homies, so I. It'll be cool to to see out there and, and race with Moto America, man. I'm pumped up for the whole Daytona kind of weekend for Moto America. The 200 is absolutely st- stacked this year. Um, the the names, man, it, it's it's crazy going through the list and seeing all the all the names. And I'm probably gonna do it a disservice by trying to remember them. But you got Brandon Posh, Josh Heron, Josh Hayes. You got PJ Jacobson, Chavi <clears throat> Flores. You got Yakoff. You got, um, I saw Gus Rodeo was doing it. I saw, and this is going off the tip of my tongue, man. Um, golly, I help me out, Jesse. Who else? Who are we missing in the 200? Slick. Slick. Yeah, we got Slick. We got Slick. Um, 
man, I know I'm forgetting people, man. I, I should probably look this up because the, the grid is actually it's really stacked. Um there's probably a couple I've missed. Oh yeah, Tyler Scott. Tyler Scott, yes, yes, he's got a he's got a really good shot as well. There's 13 different countries I saw. Here we go. I got it. Oh, Stefano Mesa, Fonger, Bobby Fong, Richie Escalante, uh, Teague Hobbs goes really well. Taylor Knapp. Did I say Taylor Knapp? David Anthony, Corey Alexander, Blake Davis, who won the Twins Cup the last two seasons. Holy smokes. Yeah, it's uh it's stacked. Danilo Lua, Hayden Gillum, Ben Young. Yeah, it's it's stacked. So we're excited for that whole Daytona weekend. AFT, Moto America. Want to give a quick shout out to these sponsors that make the podcast happen. If it wasn't for these people, we wouldn't even think about doing this. So Mission Foods, really appreciate them for helping us out. Yamaha Motorsports and Yamaha Racing. Our friends at Kick Kicker Audio, Indian Motorcycle, the whole crew there. Moto America, as we mentioned. Uh, if, if you don't have your tickets to Daytona, subscribe to their Live Plus package and Check out the action over the weekend. A lot of flat trackers are racing in the bagger class. They got the Twins Cup. They got Super Hooligan. And they have, um, obviously, the the Daytona 200 as well. So, yeah, if you're anywhere in the area during Bike Week, get your ass over to the Speedway to watch that action. But if not, check out the Live Plus. Dunlop Motorcycle Tires, big, big uh, supporters of our podcast and everything they do. And then uh, Jerry Stinchfield, Roof Systems of Dallas, Texas, the backbone of our podcast, keeping us going week in and week out. What do you got, Eric? Yeah, I wanted to give a uh, special shout out. You were talking about flat trackers uh, dipping their toes over in the Daytona stuff. Uh, I don't know if you knew this or not, but on the Super Hooligan side, they started to allow triples. So, you know, Cole King, he actually just signed a deal with uh, Triumph Indianapolis, and he's uh, going to ride a, a street twin or a street triple in that series. So no one else has done it. I was thinking about doing a triple there for a while, but got gun shy. And so I want to give a special shout out to Cole for being dumb enough to do something that awesome. I think he's going to surprise a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool, man. There's a lot of, a lot of flat trackers doing the, like the bagger and the super hooligan stuff. So it'll be, uh, it'll be juicy. I'm excited. Uh, let's get into this AFT preview guys. Um, we don't really have a blue, a blueprint for this necessarily, but we'll do singles, then we'll do twins. And the kind of the way I listed these riders, um, I listed them sort of in tiers. So I have tier one, tier two, tier three, tier four. And then we could go over some wild cards. Um, it's not just a Daytona preview. It's a season preview. We'll talk about Daytona, but we'll go through the season as well. Uh, and then, like, obviously the wild cards, like some of these riders, um, like I know, like Bronson Pierce, um, some TT guys, some guys that only do Lima. There's guys that show up throughout the year that can maybe top 10 that won't do the whole season, but that's kind of how I'm going to run through it. And then, um, I'll get some insight in, insight for both the, from both of you guys as well. But yeah, the singles class is looking good, man. Um, we had a couple, couple really good riders move up guys that have won races, guys who were consistently on the podium, second in points for a couple years, Max Wales moving up to the twin. Um, I think third in points this year, or sorry, last year, and maybe one other time, Trevor Bruner, he's moving up. Um, Declan Bender, who won the um, singles rookie of the year, he's moving up. And then I saw some other guys, some some um, like guys that you wouldn't have expected possibly to move up. Like I saw Logan McGrain on the pre-entry list, uh, Wyatt Vaughn, who's a Michigan singles guy. He moved up to the Twins, and we'll talk about my thoughts on that as we move through this pod. And 
hopefully we don't hurt any feelings. That's definitely not my intention. I got respect for, for all these guys, all the riders and, um, everybody can't be winners in this sport, man. There's, there's guys that win and there's guys that lose. So, um, just going to be transparent and honest on kind of how I think it'll shake out. And, um, fuck, I hope, I hope some of these guys that I don't have in the upper tiers, I hope you guys surprise me. I mean, there's really nobody, um, I'm not rooting for. So yeah. Uh, any thoughts, Eric, before we get into it? Yeah. So I just wanted to, so I'll lay the ground rules, uh, on, on how we're going to break this up. So this is going to be over the entire, like, kind of like crystal ball for how we think the whole season is going to go. Uh, and so that's where your, um, your tiers are going to go from. And then we're going to talk about the wild cards per, race or like how they will shake up the points uh, championship speaking. okay yeah okay, cool jesse Please. you cool with that yeah we're good all right all right so tier one on the singles and this is probably the first dramatic <laughs> part of it just <laughs> tier one for me is guys who um who are championship guys who could in my opinion win the championship and i have uh I have two on the singles and three on the twins. I'm not saying more guys couldn't win the singles championship, but the way the last two seasons have played out, Cody Cop last year, he won the singles title by almost 40 points. So he won by 40 points over Tom Drain. He was 45 points over Bruner, who moved out. And then, uh, fuck, man, it was... 60 points over their the rider in fourth so i have two guys who on paper i think are the two guys for the championship this year um and i'm going with cody cop and tom drain i have those two as i wouldn't say clear front runners but they're the two guys to beat they've proven consistency um drain actually he didn't prove it at first. Like last year, the first six races, he was fifth, 12th, 13th, 11th, 10th, and seventh. But then he went on a stretch where he was first, third, first, second, seventh, yeah. third, first, second, second, fifth, second. So he's moved up where, uh, if you told me this last year, not that I wasn't a believer in, in Tom, I just didn't know how consistent he would be. I never counted him out. I never said he wouldn't be consistent. I just said he had to show me some consistency and, and yeah, that's where we're at. Uh, Jesse, what are your thoughts on on those two? And that's kind of, I mean, championship guys, would you add anybody or what What, what do you have for that? Uh, I mean, I think it's pretty accurate. Uh, I think Chase will be close to those two um, just because his program kind of got narrowed down a little bit. And I don't think it's technically a whole lot different from last year. Um, I'm rooting for Cody, but I think it's going to be a little bit more of a struggle than it's definitely been the last two years. I think, uh, Tom's got a pretty big team behind him and he's got one of the only big teams behind him. So there's not a pretty hard to replace that, uh, that funding and, and just those resources that he has available. So I'd like to see Cody get it done again, but I just think it's going to be a lot tougher than it's been the last couple of years. Yeah. Yep. Eric, follow up. Yeah. So it, you kind of stole my thunder when you were talking about the points, because I, when I was doing uh, my nerd stuff on this, I, I noticed that if you look at from Tom and, and Cody were on two different pathways to, be, to start the season. And then from the red mile on, you could make a point that it, Tom was the top dog in that class. I mean, cause he was uh, pulled us up here third, first, second, seventh. I mean, so from, 
from the red mile on, Cody had two tenths, he had a six, he had a fifth, he had two six, and and I think Tom was not on the podium once, and that was at Castle Rock. Um, so if that trend continues, yeah, Cody definitely has, you know, you know, he's got a huge target on his back. But I agree with Jesse that I actually added Chase into my my top tier. I think the more uh, singular focus program that he has going this year, other, you know, that being the one wild card, you know, per se, everything else is the same, um, you know, because he had very, very good results. I mean, he had one nineteenth, but apart from that, he was he was a top five guy. Um, and so I think a little bit more time and effort being put into him solely. I mean, that's what Brian Bigelow had said in that interview uh, is going to help out. So that's where those those are my top three for the season for sure. Yeah, yeah. And and like I said, it's it's not to take anything and I'll get into my tier two. But I just think when you win the when you win the championship by 40 points, um, <laughs> that's a lot of points. Like, I mean, you look at it's not even a knock on like Trevor Bruner in third, but I mean, he lost the points by almost 50 points and yeah, granted he got third, but, um, but that's a lot, that's a lot of points. That's two races just from first to third. So, um, yeah, I, that's just something I look at is, is the points gap from the year prior. And you mentioned Tom having really consistent, good races from the, what would you say? The red mile, I think it was sack yeah, miles red. where he won, um, from the sack mile on, but Cody won five races in that stretch. So in the True. stretch of races where he wasn't quite as consistent, he got wins. And as I've said on this podcast multiple times, um, I think winning now with our point structure is equally or more important as being consistent. I think if you're winning eight races a year, I mean, fuck, he, he could have had, he didn't even have to show up to basically the last race, maybe the last two races. And uh, he still would have won the points uh, with, with his eight wins. So, so that's where I'm at. Like Jesse said, I think Essenson obviously is, is putting their cards into Tom drain. They they've narrowed it down to one rider for the singles and yeah. And Tom's a great rider. I'm, uh, I'm thoroughly impressed with him and I think, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how Cody's program unfolds, but He'll be good. I've seen Cody throughout this off season. He's actually had a better off season this year, I think, as far as these local Florida races go than yeah, yeah. he did last year. So yeah. So that's kind of where I'm at with tier one. I think it's those two, uh, personally, you guys throw chase in the mix. Um, for me though, like I'm going into tier two and I have, I have chase in tier two. And the biggest thing for me is, uh, he hasn't won yet. And you know, I, I know it's coming. I'm not saying he's not going to win, but he just hasn't, hasn't found a way to win yet. Uh, I know he had a pretty good weekend. They had a race in Louisiana. He, he won a couple of races there. He didn't look great at winter throwdown. Um, he did get one of the wins, which was very impressive, uh, to find a way to win and being off is almost more impressive than being good and winning. I think so. I think he's got a chance. Um, I don't know what their team looks like. I know Bigelow's involved. So if Brian's involved, I think, I think he'll be very, very strong. Uh, yeah. And I think he'll, he's got a shot to be in the mix. Uh, I've said it before. I think chase races with a lot of emotion. Uh, I, I haven't, I didn't see that a lot when he was an amateur. Um, he seems to be really emotional with his riding and his racing when things don't go well, he seems to get just a little emotional. So I think if he can control his emotions and, and focus on the bigger picture, I think he'll, yeah, I mean, he's, he's amazing. He's a gamer and I think he'll be right there. Uh, 
following out tier two, and then I'll let Jesse kind of follow up some thoughts on it. Um, I'll go through this quick and then I'll follow up, but I have Trent Lowe tier two. I have Dalton Gauthier in tier two as well. Uh, James Ott I have up there and I have two rookies up in tier two and I might get some flack for this. Um, but I think they're a little bit better. I know their talent is there. I just think they're overall, they're going to be a lot better than people think. And yeah, I, I know they're going to have races where they struggle, but everybody else in tier two that I've mentioned, they had off races that 19th you mentioned with chase was at Lima. I, he had a DNF. So um, I won't hold that one against him. He's typically really consistent, but I have Evan Renshaw and Braden Fanders and tier two. Um, and that's even with Braden missing Daytona. Um, I have him in, in tier two as well. And I just think they're, they have really high ceilings. Um, it would not surprise me for Evan or Braden to, to be podium guys. Um, not saying consistently, but I think they could very well be on the podium. They've, they've proven it. And uh, it wouldn't surprise me either if, if they got a win. I mean, I know it's very, very uncommon for rookies to win um, in, this, uh, in this series. But yeah, that's my tier two, Jesse. Any thoughts? Uh, I mean, it sounds pretty accurate. I don't, uh, I don't know all of those guys super well. I mean, I, don't, I didn't know Fanders was missing Daytona, I guess. But uh, yeah, I mean, I've been, I've been doing some off-season training with Evan and Trent. Those guys are both working hard. I just think some of the difference between that group, I just got to give the nod to Bigelow. I mean, I think from a team aspect, um, he's, he's going to figure it out. Whereas I, I've kind of lived both lives where – as the rider, you're kind of running your own team and you have to manage making sure your bikes are good and, and what happens if they're not. You know, it costs more money to try more things. Um, and that can kind of put those guys a little behind on some of the bigger tracks where it's going to make it difficult for the guys with a little bit less support. Um, so kind of interesting to see how that all goes, I guess. Um, but yeah, sounds accurate. Uh, I don't know if Dalton's doing the whole season. I think right now he said he's doing like the first four or something, but obviously Dalton's super skilled. So um, he definitely could pull off wins at pretty much any given round, to be honest, especially starting off at Daytona. Uh, yeah, Daytona's going to be good. I think uh, everybody starts at zero points, so it'll be interesting to see some of the guys you just named because they're definitely going to be a little bit more reckless maybe going for the win, so we'll see. Go ahead, Eric. Yeah, just follow up with Jesse every time. Yeah, yeah. So it's uh, the school of tough love in the the SeaTex household. God damn, everybody you support. Nah, the, the, they're uh, they're not good enough. They're going to be tier two, right? Trent and Evan and everybody. <laughs> Until they prove no. otherwise, that's where they're at, man. I mean, I'd love I'd love them to be tier one, but but yeah, yeah they, I, uh, they're not there yet. I would say actually, I I agree with uh, with everything, but with except with a couple caveats. I obviously Dalton has proven. A, a lot um i know that there's a lot of moving parts in his program this year but he if he had to put someone to as like the dark horse uh for this season i still would default to dark uh to dalton being that dark horse just because there are a lot of question marks around his program but i think if everything falls into place you know the the absolute problem as you know Raspoli says problem that you know dalton would say uh, or that, you know, he would say, I think Dalton could be that. I, um, 
So we'll have to see how everything irons out. And then you're right. I did look that up. It was an age restriction for Braden. That's why he's missing Daytona. I don't know when he actually turns old enough, but uh, that's crazy that he's uh, so talented and so young. I didn't know he was even that young for his, you know, quasi age group. Um, Ott, I think um, he kind of has the tracks that he could, he could do well in. I think if he can kind of move, uh, you know, success, success on kind of like, you know, all of the tracks, I think he could be pretty good. So he would, you know, definitely be kind of like on the lower side of tier tier two for me, but I definitely think he's got a great program going. Yeah. And honestly, I, I probably could have done five tiers. Like I think the difference, the difference in Sadhoff to like maybe these rookies and odd, I mean, last year Sadhoff had, dude, he had 110 points more than Ott. So like, that's such a massive gap that people don't, people don't realize it. And I've talked with Jesse about the points gap before, like riders, you know, they're proud that they've gotten, you know, ninth or 10th in points, which is definitely a dude. I mean, you're an elite rider if you're finishing top 10, but, but you're not in the ballpark to a championship, like looking at Ott to Cody cop. And I think James is going to have a little bit better year this year, but just for reference for last year, Fuck, man, he had double the points. He had 351 points, and James had 178. So uh, James had... Go ahead. Yeah, the analogy that I always use is uh, for when someone says, you know, hey, I got top 10 of the points, and you know you look at it the, the the points are way off is that's that's more of a marketing thing and i don't and I still i don't think it's something that somebody should shy away from like fucking sell that it's kind of like when and i'm going to go on a, a tangent here but like when the miami marlins back in 2020 when it was the shortened baseball season they actually surprised a lot of people and damn near finished 500 and you know had a really good season and they were never going to win the world series it wasn't even close but what it did was spark uh something in the audience and in the, the fandom of that team. And it started to generate something that had a lot of good uh, prospects, a lot of, you know, stuff building. So it just helped that club. And I think it's the same for a lot of these writers that would finish, you know, top 10, but be way off the park is, you know, build on that momentum, sell it, get a better program and keep going and going. Yeah. And you guys mentioned Dalton. I just wanted to follow up on him. I'm not exactly sure if he's doing the full season. I haven't got a, um, like I haven't talked to him much and I haven't seen a clear answer from those guys if they're if they're doing the whole season but I mean to beat a team like Essenson and Tom Drain and to beat Cody Cop it just takes a massive commitment mentally and financially and yeah I think I think he could obviously he's proven he can win races but um to make a run at a at a complete title right now I just don't know where their program's at so It'll be interesting to uh, to see. So going into tier three, I have uh, Travis Petten. I have Taryn Santero. I have Aiden Rusevans. Um, and I got two question marks here because I honestly don't know how many races they're doing, if they're doing a full schedule. But I have Chad Coase and I have Shayna as tier three riders. Uh I think they could on the right equipment still finish top five top podium if if the equipment's good enough on the right track. But I don't know what those two are doing for the for the full season. I probably should know what Shane is doing, but I I don't even know if she's racing Daytona. So um yeah, I have no fucking clue. It's like a week, like a week and a half away. I, I have no clue 
if she's even riding Daytona. I know she's been training down here and she's been riding a little bit. So yeah, I have no idea on Shayna. Chad, I know is doing Daytona. He's riding for, I, I know they haven't announced it yet, but um, they posted his leathers. So he's riding for Waters Auto Body. So he'll be on on some good KTMs. And then Rue Seven, Santera, and Petten. I think those guys are all three very similar similar riders, honestly. Um, they all have capabilities. They all finish right around ninth through 12th quite a bit. Um, I think they have an opportunity this year to move up and maybe get a top five finish uh, because of some of the riders who have moved up. I think Bruce Evans had one top five finish, but his next best finish was a ninth. And he had mostly 11th, 15th, 14th. So, yeah, I, that's that's what I have for tier three, Jesse. Um, and tier three to tier four, you can make some arguments, but that's kind of what I put down on paper. Yeah, it kind of seems accurate. I mean, outside, I mean, Chad and Shayna absolutely could podium a national with the right stuff. Um, but the other guys, I mean, yeah, maybe a fifth. I don't really see. I mean, it would have to be a pretty big breakout ride for those guys to uh, crack top five, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, Shayna and Chad, yeah, they absolutely could. Uh, they've proved it so many times before. Uh, my only worry with Chad is I don't think he's gotten to ride the bike yet. I know he was just riding, uh, I think, Robbie Bobby's bike out in Louisiana. Um, but Chad also has a good history of hopping on different bikes and going really well right off the bat. So maybe that isn't as big of an issue. Um, but yeah, the other guys, I mean, yeah, just kind of have to keep making steps every year, I guess. Obviously, when people leave the class, there's got to be somebody to fill that void. So um, those those guys definitely look like the guys to be in it. Yeah, I this is the this is the one group that I would say has the most difference uh for me. I uh some people that I have in that kind of tier three uh would be um and again, there's a lot of question marks for the programs, but if we're going based on talent and where I think their career is kind of you know forecasted, if you will, is I'd see Jared Lowe, Hunter Bauer, and Logan Eisenhardt, I think are some writers that have shown the promise and I believe that this is a year that they kind of take that step. Um, but I mean, you can't go wrong with saying that the the jet is going to dominate. So um, yeah, I, uh, that's just, I mean, yeah, I would agree by and large, a lot of the Pettens and Rue Evans and Taros and, you know, on, you know, Shana and, and, uh, and Chad and whatnot, but those, those other three, I think are right there in there. And I'd like to kind of see what you guys think as to where, why you would or wouldn't have um, those three in the, the, the third tier. Yeah, I mean, so I don't know. I think Chad, by his standards, would say he had a really bad year last year, and Shayna's was horrific, and she still finished ahead of Jared Low in points. And tra- Chad was, Chad was, uh, more than double Jared Low, Jared Low, and and Hunter Bauer, and 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 even Jared Low, he had double the points that Logan Eisenhardt had. So. I'm not saying these guys can't make jumps. Um, mm-hmm. Yep. Jared, man, I, he he actually had a really good year last year. I was I was impressed with a few of his rides. I think, yeah. I mean, he's in he's in my tier four. Um, okay. I guess I can just jump through my tier four. I just I just don't see him consistently beating. Like if you look last year, I don't know. Like I feel like Petten, like Petten qualified top 
three or top five a couple times. Rue Evans just won winter throwdown. Santera got second at winter throwdown. Uh, yeah, no hard love on the jet, but he didn't overly impress me at winter throwdown. And it's um, funny you mentioned winter throwdown. That's actually one of the reasons why I agree with you on Rue Evans and Santero and, and is I think they laid it down because, you know, this this whole offseason, you know, they were, you know, chatting and wanting to do really well and training hard and stuff. And so for them to go out to winter throwdown and say, yep, put, you know, money where your mouth is, that's awesome. So hopefully they can carry that momentum into the this new season. Yeah. And then, Man. I mean, go ahead, Jesse. You guys can't be doing off-season judging for the National Series once everybody takes the water out of their wheels and the 17 liners that got stuffed in there. That's when you see the real results. I agree. I mean, come on, man. Like Some of those dudes roll up and they're smoking Briar Bowman. What do you think is really going on? Yeah, I, <laughs> I would agree. I, I think that's something that doesn't get talked about enough is – is uh is the difference in the uh the off season races? I mean, you can run any tire, you can run. I mean, and oh we, my god, yeah, <laughs> and and the way they, I mean, props to Roos Evans and and Taryn. Like, I don't know what Taryn had, but Roos Evans, uh, his his rear wheel looked really heavy at Throwdown, and yeah, they walked away from Briar. So, um, but that being said, like, yeah, I just think their ceiling is a little bit higher than where Jared is, um so my my tier four i'll go through it i have i have evan keller he is a rookie who i have him in my tier four i think he's every bit as good as the other riders mentioned in this tier four i think he's a little bit of an underdog i think he's going to have a really a really solid season um you take away evan and brayden i think he's as good as they come for a rookie we've seen um minus like the dallas's and cody's of the world and chase but he's very, very good. He's very underrated. I think Evan Keller will be a tier four guy. I have Jared Lowe in there. I do have Hunter Bauer in there as well. Hunter intrigues me. I've seen talent where he can do better and move up to that tier three, but he wasn't very consistent last year. He had two top tens. I know he's on a different bike this year. He's been down in Florida. He's been training, doing the bicycle rides, putting in the time. Hunter Bauer could make that jump. I think out of all these guys I have here, he could make that jump to tier three. He's gotten on the podium before. Uh, he's gotten, I think, another top five or two. Uh, I have Justin Jones in tier four. I don't know if he's doing all the races. If you look at just Daytona, he could be a tier two, maybe even a tier one guy <laughs> at Daytona. Um, he could very well podium or win Daytona if he, if he rides well. But I don't, I mean, it's been over the course of the season, like whether it's equipment or he doesn't do as well on the big, big tracks all the time. I don't think, I don't think he's going to, you know, I don't think he tier three or tier two is it for a season, but he could have some, some podiums and good rides. Uh, Logan Eisenhart as well. I don't, I don't know what his program looks like. Uh, I know he's a good rider. I've watched him grow up in Pennsylvania. He's solid. He's a good rider, but again, I just don't see him in that tier three yet. Um, he started off the season at Daytona with two top tens and then he sort of struggled. Um, you know, made six main events the rest of the year. So yeah, it's, uh, if he's putting the work in, I, I think he could be, uh, he could have some good results. I have Tyler Raggio in tier four. Um, he actually has that guy, that kid rides pretty good. Sometimes he's come a long way since the days of his amateur career, but 
like looking at the points, he only had 23 points last year. It actually surprised me. His best finish was a 15th, and I think he's better than that. So I think he could have some some better results. And then I got Ryan Wells, guys. Um, I have no oh, fucking fuck. clue I forgot. Yeah. what Wells I forgot he was. Yeah. Um, he's a former champion. He's won races. He's been struggling. He's been on the struggle bus. He's back on the single. I have no clue what to expect from Wells, but I feel like not putting him in at least tier four would not would not be right. Um, but that's where I'm at. That's where I'm at, guys. That's that's my tier four. Janish, give me a follow up. Big fan of Wellsy. <laughs> I mean, the rest of the people, yeah, they're just unfortunately not to sound rude. They're just kind of filling the grid, right? Uh, I mean, I think any round they have potential. Daytona is going to be one of the best ones for potential. It's definitely one of the best equalizers that of tracks, so it's a great opener. Um, it's just tough when uh, it's muddy waters when you're looking at the tier three and tier four guys that they go through a whole season and they uh, still didn't accomplish what Cody accomplished in one round for points, which is 25 points. So just a, it's tough sledding in the back, right? I've been there and I get it. It's uh, it gets hectic in the back of those main events, man. Um, I'll be cheering for Wellesley though, that's for sure. I forgot about Wellesley riding in the singles class. What what's he uh? What what's he riding? Does anybody know? I think he's riding his twenty four Yamaha four fifty factory edition, from what he's told me. So uh, I, could I don't know, man. Going, I if could we see could see a seventy percent, if we could see a seventy percent Wellesy, he could, dude. He could top five. He could top ten, top five Daytona. I mean, he 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 could do very well. I just yeah, I, and I, I don't I, think it's uh, to go off of how Wellesy ran last year. I think would be a disservice to him. I think anybody, you know hopping on that Royal Enfield would not have a lot of success. I mean, it was definitely developed and engineered for fucking JL 10. So I think it's going to be, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't think it was the right bike for him last year. So I'm discrediting all of those results that he honored. He's a hell of a rider and God. Yeah. Oh man. I, I totally forgot about Wellesley. I think he's going to shock a lot of people for sure. Yeah. And I guess to follow up on, Daytona, like the entry list, there's 25 pre-entries so far. Um, I think we'll have like 35 to 38 singles. Um, just running through some of these names. Uh, Jordan Jean, I see him on here. Olin Kistler. Uh, Jacob Vanderkoy, it's cool to see him signed up. Uh, going down the list here. If you signed up, you get a shout out just because. Give me something <laughs> to read here. Uh, Landon Smith. Uh, da, da, da. Brandon Newman dropped back down to a single. Uh, Reese Potterworth, Potterworth, always fuck up your name, Reese. I'm sorry, but yeah, Reese, Reese, uh, signed up. Good rider. Uh, Dominic Demario, which is another rookie who signed up. Um, I don't know if he's doing the full season. I would, I would, uh, I'd have to ask them, but he's a really nice kid and, uh, solid rider. Justin Anselmi, Jacob Cascio, Ian Wolf. Hawk, bro. If he rode like he did at Winter Throwdown, yeah. Cody better. Dude, he was like literally stuffing Briar. Um, <laughs> Ian Wolf. Yeah, Ian Wolf signed up. TJ Welty. Um, I don't know who I honestly have no idea who that is, Eric. He's a, a no, he's Coast. a he's a he's a fast kid out this way. I think uh he's um gonna have a lot of you know uh moments where he surprises people. Uh if he can, you know, 
put it all together on the big stage. Uh, great little short tracker. Um, you know, uh, in, you know, it's just following the footsteps of everybody that comes out of the Castle Rock area. So, um, yeah, I'm excited for that for sure. And then uh, Daniel Poole, he uh, he's been like a Fuck local yeah. A rider for a long time. Hooligans done some stuff. Yeah. He's been on a twin for a while, and yeah, signed up and got his pro card. So uh, kudos, man, for for taking that jump. Um, yeah, that's kind of. I mean, if I missed anybody, like like I know like Clark Morian. I'm looking here through the points from last year. Uh, he's doing another part-time season with going to school. He's an aviation nerd like I am. So if you need to, uh, you need any, need any flights or anything, just hit him up. <laughs> yeah. Yep. He's uh he's a, obviously a capable rider, Bronson Pierce, uh, Aiden Brown got his national number, or I'm going to say two digit number for me, the national number doesn't really exist anymore. Sorry, boys. Uh, yeah. So it should, Tanner Dean, I don't know if he's doing any races, but that's where we're at for the singles. Um, I wanted to talk about the schedule and kind of who it favors a little bit in this class. Um, and Jesse, I'll get your thoughts, but we took away a couple of the miles, which obviously I think, I think hurts Tom drain a little bit slightly, not that he's not good on the other tracks, but I feel like, especially this year with not having another essence in bike, the, you know, one less Turner bike, no factory KTM. I think drain is going to be a clear cut kind of favorite on those miles. And there's only three of them now, technically two different miles. So, so we have that and we only have two TTs where last year we had I think three or four. We definitely had three. So we have two TTs. One is a major hybrid road race. Who the hell knows how that one's going to go. Um, so, I think it's taketh and giveth um, on the schedule. Really, I don't. I don't think it really makes any big changes in this class. I think the guys who are good, they're just good. On you know, they're consistent. Like championship riders, they're just top five, top three every single race, and that's kind of what I expect from from Cody and and Tom Jesse. Any thoughts on the schedule? Anything else to follow up with in general for the singles class before we move to the twins? I'm actually happy to see a little bit less miles. I think in the 450 class, it's a huge advantage to uh, to have a lot of money behind you when you're going to those miles. Obviously, they have you know unlimited funds for engines and R&D and whatever else. So uh, it's not. It's definitely. I mean, it's obvious that the Stenson boys have an advantage there. They were, I think, on the podium almost every time. So, or at least Tom was. Uh, so it's good. I think just to see that kind of decrease a little bit um whereas like on a half mile i mean you could see certain riders were down on power last year and they were still able to get the job done uh honestly speaking <laughs> cody specifically um i mean watching him at rapid city last year was pretty awesome so yeah I, i'm i'm happy to see the schedule uh i i was always kind of favored more of an even schedule it's nice to see just you know four 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 and four for go to go to each style of a track four times um but yeah, it'll be interesting. A uh, couple new, I think there's at least one new track. Uh, Texas Motor Speedway, I think, was redone, so that'll be interesting as well. Um, yeah, I think it'll be a good, good. It's always good to start the Daytona Short Track. I think it's a little bit more of a crapshoot, and a little bit more of you don't necessarily know what to expect. So we'll see. There's a whole season for a reason, so we'll see what happens. Yeah, I I just I go back to looking at it from a fan standpoint and what makes flat track so exciting 
I mean, it's definitely miles and, it, uh, you know, TTs are exciting. Um, I know it's a very contentious thing to say, but there, you know, there is that thing that, you know, car track half miles can kind of be boring. Um, you know, single files, follow the groove. Um, so, I mean, as a fan, I would love to see basically a season full of limas and miles and, you know, uh, you know, the Springfield short track, the Springfield TT thrown back in there, but we've done a whole podcast on that. So I'll get off that bandwagon, but I definitely see the benefits of this schedule, um, you know, coming uh, into helping more riders in the singles class. Whereas when we talk about the, the super twins, the schedule is definitely favoring a very, you know, a uh, few riders and, you know, a disadvantage for some, um, but that, yeah, it's kind of, I don't know. I just, I just love the, the exciting aspects of watching flat track. And I just don't know if the season's got it all. So. All right. I got three quick questions on the singles that will move. It's just a one word answer. You can give like a sentence or two follow up, but I got three of them. Um, the first one is which rider. So we start off with two Daytonas and we have Sonoya, which is a really big short track, Texas half mile. And then two more short tracks, Silver Dollar, which is clay-based, I think, and then Ventura, which was kind of dicey, like a cushiony, dicey kind of track. So with that being said, the start of the season, which rider gets their first win? Um, will it be Chase, James Ott, or could it be a rookie? Could it be Renshaw or Fanders? Which, who are you picking? Or somebody else? Who 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 gets their their first win out of the... Um, who's, who's the next first-time winner? Jesse? I got to go with Chase. I mean, he's by far been the closest. So I also think that each of the tracks you just named, other than maybe Sonoya, Chase is pretty good at. Anything where you can be aggressive, he's pretty good. So uh, I think that's easy. Got to go with Chase. Eric? Yep, I'm going with Chase as well. I, I, if you'd have told me when Chase came out of the amateur scene and came out of the pros that it would be this far into his career and he hasn't had his first win, I'd call bullshit. It's insane, and I think a more – singular focused program on his riding. I think this year is you're really going to start to see, you know, and, you know, put some respect on his name. You're going to, I think people are going to be surprised, but this year with chase for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, it's hard. I mean, I, it's hard to not pick chase, but, um, there's a, I mean, Ott, Ott's a really good short tracker. Evan rides short tracks very well. Braden, Braden's a good rider. Um, I guess it wouldn't surprise me if it wasn't chase, but it also, it should be chase, I think. So, so we'll see. Um, and this one, I don't even know who's all podium and who hasn't, but who's our next first time podium finisher in the, um, AFT singles class, Jesse. I don't know who's all the not been on the podium, but I'm going to go with Evan. Uh, Evan's had a good off season. I, I mean, I, I hang out and train with Evan, so I'm a bit of a fan, but, uh, he rides super hard, and I think at least to start the season, uh, they're really good tracks for him. So I think it would be cool. I don't think the, the I don't think like the racing is too big for him. Where I think other guys hop into the pro class and they're a little intimidated. I don't think he is. Uh, he's raced a lot of the really good guys for like two years now, and uh, yeah, I think he maybe not at Daytona, but I think he's definitely got a shot at uh, one of the two California rounds, if not Daytona. So we're asking about the, the the first like four races or so of the season. Are we talking season wide? Who's going to get their first? Who's podium? the like next? The, uh, who's the next okay. guy to get his first podium? Yeah, it's uh, 
Uh, I guess we'll go with uh, too tall. Um, I guess I'll be boring and and go with uh, with everybody else. But no, I think uh, he's shown that he's definitely got it. But I don't know when Braden turns sixteen and when he's going to go. I think I think he can race Sonoya. I I didn't know a lot about him uh, until you know the the later part of last year, and then like you know it was like God damn that kid is good. So I yeah I think this is a season where you've got two three uh four you know really good rookies this year um but yeah i think it's gonna be too tall just you know and i'll be honest i think it's the the program is going to come into play here where you know evan has a good program behind him he's going to have the opportunities to get out there and train and you know be a professional athlete and i think that's going to shine yeah i mean i'm looking here through the list and uh most of these guys have podiums right i mean cody tom chase trent dalton ott Chad, you know, and then you have the rookies. I mean, you could you could take a swing at like Petten maybe or one of those guys, but yeah, it's a toss up. So yeah, it'd be interesting. I mean, I hope it's Evan, <laughs> right? I mean, I, we put in a lot of work to uh, to. I mean, I will say that we we expect to be up there. So um, it's really cool that you know I've obviously I've been hurt this off season. I haven't been able to put the the time I've wanted in with with Evan and Trent, but Evan, dude, a lot of a lot of um like he's growing up, man. He's going out and doing his, his training runs by himself. Like I'll be like, Hey, where were you? He's like, I went for a run. And he's, uh, he's self-motivated where last year and the year before I had to like, I had to boost him like, Hey man, go do this, go do that. But he, he had a, I'm, dude, I'm really proud of his off season, just how much work he's put in, um, self-motivated. And that's all you can ask for when you coach these kids is you don't want to tell them to do everything. You want to teach them that they need to want it for themselves and yeah, that's, you know, and, and also training with Evan and training, um, doing the bicycle rides with, you know, Briar and Rispoli and Jesse and just a good group of people, man. I definitely think where you surround yourself, who you surround yourself with, it definitely helps your program and people choose to train different areas in the country and they have different programs. And yeah, I, I like you said, I think, I think that's a big difference maker is, uh, is the work that people put in. So is, uh. Is it a contract year for him? Is he got? Is he? Uh, is he got that fire lit between him? <laughs> I mean, he did. I will say it's. Uh, he doesn't have a backup plan, right? I mean, this is. Yeah. This is what he wants to do, and what he puts all of his effort into doing. He does not, you know, put focus in on. You know, I'm sure he talks to chicks here and there, but he doesn't. That's not a like a high priority for him. He's very, very focused and dialed in on what he needs to do. Um, yeah, he doesn't come from a, you know, a rich background or rich family and he's he wants to be a pro racer. So, uh, he knows what it takes. I've I've told him multiple times and I'm very very hard on him. So, we'll uh we'll see where that puts us. But at the same time, I try to simple it down for him and tell him, dude, it's just motorcycles. So, go out and have you fun. You know, up on on his ceiling above his bed, he has after he hears this, he's going to write tier two on a piece of paper and just take it up there. So every time <laughs> Bro, he, he lays even, in bed at night, <laughs> he don't give a shit. Like he's pretty, he's got ice in his veins. He he doesn't really care about any of that outside noise, which is which is cool too, man. So yeah, we'll see. It's going to be fun, and uh, yeah, it'll be cool. So we'll see. And then like Jesse, you mentioned Braden. Like dude, he he could podium like he could podium Sonoya, his first race. Like he, these kids are way better than what people I think realize, um, five, six races in, you know, people are going to start, you know, considering them for podiums and race wins, but you heard it here first. They're, they're going to be very, 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 very competitive. Uh, last quick question. One word answer 
Jesse Janish, who's our 2024 singles champion? Cop. Eric Harley. Cop. Cop. I'll revolt if it's not. No, I'm just kidding. Obviously, he lives fucking 10 minutes from my house, so I gotta, I I'm got i not allowed to say anything else. It's got to be him. Yeah, I like Tom. I'm friends with Cody. It's fucking going to be a toss-up. Um, <laughs> I actually, I, on paper, with the team and everything, I, I think Tom is a favorite. Uh, I just don't. I don't see Cody not winning if everything Here is a storyline that I want to see. He started slow and is it good? And you know, somebody else that started slow on that team, but then picked it up is Trevor Bruner. Right. So is that something that's going to be kind of a benchmark for their singles program? Right. All right. So yeah, Bruner was pretty, this year strong. Was pretty good right away. Last year, two years ago, he started slow last year. He was, yeah. He got sixth or better every race Bruner did. I don't know. Okay. I think the lack of miles hurts Tom a little bit. Let's say Cody wins a title by one point. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I don't, who knows? I, it's going to be a toss up. So let's move into the twins. I mean, yep. We good. We're moving twins. All right. Let's do twins. All right. So the first thing I want to talk about is last year there were 18 races. My math isn't solid, but I think that is 54 total podiums available. 18 times three. Is that, is that correct? That don't seem like it's fuck correct. It, sure. No, is that correct? <laughs> is that correct? 18 times. Oh, oh fuck. Let me get my phone out of here. I got it. I got it. I got it. Okay. 18 times three. Yeah, 54. Okay. <laughs> Tough one. <laughs> uh, 54 total podiums available last year. JD Beach had eight of them. JD, as far as I know, is not competing in any AFT stuff. I asked him if he would do... The TTs, at least, like, I don't know how that split went with Estenson, but he made it seem like he didn't have a bike to ride for any of the races. Like, I thought maybe they'd give him a bike for the TTs or or whatever, and I don't know if that hurts or helps Dallas in the points or what have you, but as of now, JD's not racing. So there's eight podiums that are up for grabs, which is good for this class, right? So it's good... We're going to see some different podium guys because essentially it's Meese, Breyer, and Dallas who should be favorites for the podium. Um, we'll talk about the other guys. Like last year, Davis had two podiums, B Rob had four, and JV20 had one. I think that's it, besides the ones we've already mentioned. So with my tier one guys, uh, it's probably a pretty, this class is way easier to predict, I feel like, which probably isn't good, but. I got Jared Meese, Briar, Dallas as my tier one guys. I don't know if it needs really an explanation. Um, let me click over to my point standings here from singles to twins on last year. And the gaps, I just go to the gaps. Uh, last year, you know, Meese to Davis was 130 points. So Davis was fifth in points. You take out JD, who was third. You got Meese, da Meese, Daniels, and Breyer. And honestly, Meese had 90 points on Breyer. So where are we at, Jesse? A tier one, pretty pretty easy to predict, I guess. What are your what are your thoughts? Well, I guess first things first, JD Beach has a AFT license. So for him to already have a twins license and then 
be quiet about whether or not he's racing. That would just be like wasting 300 or 400 or however much dollars yeah. it is to have a license. So there's the first fun fact, I guess. But uh, as far as the top three guys, I mean, no, that that's accurate. There's there's no question about it. You can't you can't win a championship if you can't be good at every single type of racetrack. So right there, that narrows down the top three in the twins class, in my opinion. So here, and this is gonna I'm gonna go back to what uh, Corey you were saying in the the singles class. Yes, you know Breyer should be up there, but he was almost a hundred points behind Jared Meese to finish in the point series. And I know it's the first year on it, but we'll get, you know, this is essentially a, a new bike again this year. And I'm just not, I mean, has he ridden the bike? Has he, cause if he's gotten in to do any testing on the bike that that helps, but if it's the same thing where he's showing up to Daytona and not getting really any seat time on it before, I, I'm not sure that I could put Briar in the, the top tier. Now I say that with the caveat that I think the, you know, the restrictor, uh, that, that bad R word, I think that's going to come into play and kind of even it out and, in you know, kind of hamper Jared a little bit. Um, but I want to bounce that off of you because if he's, if Briar has been able to ride that bike and he's going to have some familiarity with it, yes, I'll put him in. But if it's the same thing that happened last year, I, I just don't know if I can put him in there. So has he ridden it? He's ridden it. He's All ridden right, the bike. There he goes. Yep. Yeah. Tier I mean, one, last, baby. last year I, I wouldn't have put him in tier one. I would have had him very far ahead of everybody else in tier two uh just because of he didn't sit on the bike until the day before the race so but what he learned about the motor package last year he's already starting off like the fact that he podiumed the first race on that bike um i wish he would do like a post about everything that, that kind of went into that it. that should it's be actually, a 30 for 30 by uh espn <laughs> it's just mind-blowing that he was able to podium that then he podiumed the arizona super tt um the races that he had where he finished seventh um he had a 12th which is horrific at black hills um i just don't see that with where they're at and there i just think his program is going to fit him better with you know the the bike and uh, having kenny coolbeth I'm a huge cool Beth believer, not, not mm -hmm. just in his mechanical ability, but the ability to, to win championships. And, um, yep. and they're just, they're just like really good buds. And I just don't see, and how good he's been riding. I mean, he's been riding very, very good, like moto flat track. His fitness is great. Um, I just don't think well, it goes to like, what's good for the sport, the sport. It's kind of like, you know, if the if the Cowboys aren't good for aren't good in football or if like the Yankees aren't good in ba baseball, it, it's kind of weird. So like you need Briar up front. Right. The sport. It, it's just so I'm glad to hear that he's going to be able to get on the he's on the bike already. And it's going to go back to the way it was, you know, I just don't think he lets them weekend. get away in points like he's yeah. he's been one of the guy. I mean, for he beat Meese in the points two years back to back when they both were on Indians. That's extremely hard to even fathom oh, yeah. and i just don't think he lets them get away i think he manages this season a little bit better i think his mindset going into this is that he can win a title where last year i don't even know if he believed it um i mean i guess what are your thoughts jesse before we move to tier two as far as the tier one guys like is there a big separation there um are they all pretty close what do you i mean what are your thoughts i think as far as top three it's going to be a lot closer um i mean I think Breyer's by far the most talented dude in the class. I've thought that for a long time now. 
the stuff he's able to do on a bike is pretty insane. When, uh, when you get like as nitpicky as I do watching like the races on just how he rides the motorcycle, uh, it's pretty insane what he's capable of. So I'm a little concerned just the fact that it's a, is a new program. Um, but it's all for him also, it's good that they're starting in Daytona. I mean, Daytona is more of a rider's track than it is technically the motorcycle. Hence why he was able to pull off what he did last year. Um, I think once he gets to Sonoya, that'll kind of be a good showing for how the beginning of the season is going to go. I mean, last year he was battling with me in the main, so that tells you how bad it was going for him. Uh, whereas this Come year, on. it's obviously a new year, new team. Um, I mean, if, if he goes out and he's fast in Sonoya, I, I, every, I think Briar and Jared are going to, or excuse me, Dallas and Jared are going to be in some trouble if he's fast at Sonoya. That's, I think yeah. that'll set up kind of the rest of the year right away. Yeah, and we'll talk about the schedule when we're done and who it favors. It definitely cha- it definitely changes the outlook, the schedule, I think, this year versus last year. But we'll talk about li- that later on. Uh, moving into Tier 2, I got three guys in my Tier 2, Jesse. Who do you think they are? It's going to be B-Rob, Vander Coy, and Davis. Nailed it. Yep, that's my Tier yep. 2. Um, yeah, and it just comes down to, like you said, being better on certain and being good at every single type of racetrack. Um, B Rob obviously is a little off on those guys on the TTs, maybe a little bit more than a little. I mean, I, I still think he's better than on TTs than people think. Um, I think it, a lot of it's mental for him. Like he doesn't think he's a good TT tier, so he doesn't do quite as good as he should. But and then Davis as well. Davis is pretty well-rounded. Um, I think, I'm looking here. Puri, he got eighth. Castle Rock, he got fifth, which is good. But, you know, the guys that are in tier one, they beat him almost everywhere. Uh, you know, so it's, yeah, he's, man, he could win. Davis, Davis, ride. there's some days Davis rides where I'm like, fuck, man, that's the best guy on the track right now. But his starts are inconsistent. And he just has days where he's just kind of riding around in eighth, ninth place, uh, where, if he could be a top five guy every weekend, maybe squeak out a win or two and a handful of podiums, he could make that jump. And same with B Rob. I think the biggest factor with B Rob is uh is if he gets wins or not. I think last year was the first first year where he didn't get a win uh in a while, I think. I don't I didn't check the stats, but B Rob's good for usually one to three wins every year. Last year he didn't get any. So that that just factors in on B Rob. Like if he can get a win or two, he can afford to have that tenth place at Peoria or eighth place or whatever he finishes there. So so we'll see. And then Jared Vanderkoy, very very well rounded rider, um, very capable. Some days he just doesn't look like he's mentally all the way in. Um, he's just kind of sort of one foot out, one foot in on certain days. But when he shows up and he's got a shot to win he's he's in the mix i mean we, he's proven that so i think he has a better year than he had last year and i think those three are going to have a, a good little battle pretty much every weekend so uh yeah i mean i i think all three of those dudes could win if 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 all three of them won two races i guess i would be surprised because that would be six races won by them. uh but if all three of them won our race i wouldn't be even remotely surprised uh i just think that all and i like all three guys but i just think uh Sometimes it's like situational, right? Like they get a win based on 
the track was right for them that night. It's like the stars have to align just a little bit for those guys to be like on, and then nobody's going to beat them. But it's almost like you almost need the other, the top three dudes to just have a little bit of an off night for it to happen. Um, yeah. And I live that life, man. I, I, I 100% know it because I was kind of, I mean, in my opinion, I was always like a top tier dude or a tier two guy, you know? So it's like you live there and you just have to have those guys have just a little bit of an off night. You could squeak out a second or a third or even a win. Um, but yeah, I mean, if the stars align, those dudes can absolutely win new multiple races. If, uh, if, if things go well, just kind of it's situational, unfortunately, a little bit more for those guys. Go ahead, Eric. And for me, I, so my second tier is definitely going to be Davis and, uh, B Rob, but that third it kind of is a an open. I I don't know who's going to fill that last role, and I think it's going to come down to uh, who has the most like solidified program, you know, because we don't know what Vanderkoy is doing for a whole year. I'm not entirely sure what uh, Baum Bronson's doing. Um, I know Colby's coming back, uh, so I. I don't know. I, I I think that third member of because there is there's going to be a second. Because uh, if you're going back look at all the points there's always that second tier and then they're well and truly ahead of like you know the third tier i i just don't know who's going to be there so ask you to you guys as a fan that you know i'm not in the know like that you guys are do does that does does vanderkoy bauman lau carlisle lewis i mean where are their programs at has it been put together well let's go to tier three i'll go to my tier three and we'll talk about those guys um I just think JV20 is a notch above those riders. Uh, the fact that he's on an Indian motorcycle, again, helps too. Uh, if he switched brands, it would have me a little bit more tentative, but all three of those guys are on bikes they've been riding for four or five years now, or maybe three, I don't fucking know. But they've been on these bikes for a while. So, yeah, I just think they're I think they're quite well, yeah, a bit. If his, if his plan, if his program comes together i i wholeheartedly I don't know what agree. his program's just, like i just yeah. he's just on an indian so jared vanderkoy on an indian motorcycle i just yep. you know, i i believe in that package regardless of what they put around him but um fuck me i just want to see jared ride hard every race like i know he's capable i know he i know he can win i know he can give these guys a run for their money i just want to see him mentally bring it every weekend um and i think he's gonna he could you know he could be up there so so yeah, so that's where I'm at with that. Uh, tier three, man, I hate putting Bronbo in tier three because he's not a tier three talent. He's a tier two talent. I just don't think he vibes very well with this KTM. I'd love to see what he could do back on a Indian motorcycle. Uh, sorry, Bronbo, I love you, buddy. Um, I think the bike, it's just, there's been days on the bike where he just looks way off. Um, I think he'll be better this year than last year, but... I just don't know what that looks like. So I'm hoping for Bronbo. He's very, very talented rider. He's been down in Florida. He's been training, putting the work in. I have him in tier three. I don't really have an order in these tiers either. I'm just kind of listing people. I got Trevor Bruner in tier three. Maybe a little generous on this, but I'm just a believer in his kind of grit. And he puts in a lot of work. He He's a full-time racer. And he's very talented. He rides hard. He loves the throttle. And I think he's going to have some days that he's going to get a good chunk of points to make this tier three possible. I think he's going to have some struggles. I think Briar rode that bike very well. 
and I'm just kind of anxious to see what Trevor does with it. The good thing about Trevor and Max Whale, we'll talk about a little bit. They don't like have a they don't they haven't ridden a lot of twins, so you could put them on anything, and they almost don't know any better. So I think that helps guys like Bruner and Max, and you know those guys a little bit. But I have Trevor Bruner in tier three. I have Colby in tier three. I think Colby's going to be a little bit better uh, this year as well. I don't know exactly what that means yet, but I think he'll have uh, some more consistent good results. Uh, ben Lau, I have tier three. I think he's right around that as well. He could do better than what he's been doing. I have JL10 in tier three. Again, guy could, you know, he could podium Daytona or he could finish 15th. Never know with JL10. Um, and then two other guys, Jesse, and then I'll let you go that I have on this tier that might surprise people. I have Max in tier three. Um, man, it was tough between tier th- tier three and tier four. Obviously, a probably a higher tier talent, but first year on a twin, XG, who the hell knows? Um, <laughs> he's capable. I, I mean, again, he has doesn't know what he doesn't know, so maybe it'll be good for him. And I have Brandon Price in tier three because I got word that he might be doing quite a few more races than he did last year. And he's finished second three times in this class. Very, very good rider. He's riding a Yamaha. Um, and I just, I think it'd be silly not to put him in at least, in at least tier three. So it's a lot of info, Jesse. What are your thoughts? Uh, well, I know Price is racing Daytona because I just talked to him about an hour ago. So uh, awesome. I think he'll be, I think he can be definitely good at Daytona. Um he definitely rides hard and he has a lot of experience on the twin. I think, I think Bruner's going to have a hard time. Uh, I mean, a twin is not a 450 man and it's, it's definitely different. I know he borrowed really, really well on an Indian, but an Indian is a lot different than a KTM. So I think Briar kind of masked a lot of the issues with the KTM when he was on it that maybe we see a little bit more often, like with, with Bronson on his KTM. I just think, uh, I don't know, this this tier is interesting, right? Because all the riders are really, really good. They're really talented, but it also, a lot of it goes back to what they're riding and, and what kind of information and what their tuners know and don't know. Um, you get on a really good twin and it makes a rider a lot better uh, than they might can be. And, but the exact opposite happens. Um, if you put a really good rider on a bad twin, they can't make up the difference like they can on a 450. A really good rider on a bad 450 is still a really good rider. That is not the case when it comes to riding a twin. So you put a lot of these really good riders on just pretty average twins, let's say, and, uh, and the results definitely are going to hurt. So I don't know. It'll be interesting. Um, definitely these guys, I mean, Bronson's won our main event. Uh, you know, some of these dudes have been up front. Like you said, Price has had a couple seconds. Uh, those results aren't, aren't, are not unrealistic. Um, so I guess we'll just see it just, uh, kind of, yeah, these guys are a little bit situational too. It depends on the track. I think we get to some of the more racer friendly tracks and these results will be better. I mean, would anybody be surprised to see Johnny Lewis on pole at Daytona? Cause I definitely wouldn't be. So, um, yeah, I mean, we'll see here in uh, about a week, right? And I think too, the this this third tier is kind of um, 
kind of a crapshoot because it's when you start to get into riders that are a little part-time. So are the, you know, this is for the whole season. Are they going to be racing enough to where they accumulate enough points? I don't know. So uh, obviously Vanekoy or, or Bauman and, and Lau, but I, you know, the other thing too, to think about is I think tier three is also the kind of the, the tier where you can see the most improved or the biggest jump. And I think Poe, I think like what CTEC said, I, I think that, uh carlisle another year on that bike is going to go well i could see uh cameron smith doing really well on that new uh new ride he's got going this year and then uh, you know obviously brandon price racing a little bit more this year is obviously just by default going to have a better season um but yeah to me that's what i see in tier three is like oh most improved award is coming out of this yeah 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 it'll be interesting i i'm with you guys it's i don't it's hard man because flat track we don't have the media we don't have these riders really we, we don't know what the hell's going on it's like people yeah. are like people ask me hey you know this and that i'm like fuck i have no idea so he's talking about me people listening to the podcast he's talking about me <laughs> i ask him <laughs> a lot of people are like hey what's the insider what's who's doing what i'm like dude i fuck, i don't know so um yeah and then going into tier four um man i have three guys in tier four I have Cam Smith in tier four. Cam's a great rider. I think he'll have some really good results. Like Lima could be really good for him. He's been riding really good. I don't know exactly how he feels on that KTM. So it'll be interesting to kind of see, to see how consistent he can be on that motorcycle. But Cam rides hard, man. He, he's capable for sure. Uh, he had a fifth last year at black Hills, which is a really good result. That was like solid, solid top five for, for cam Smith. I don't know. He just with riding hard, he makes a lot of mistakes and he's got to work on, I've said it for years, his race craft, but he puts a good day together. It's, it's, you know, they're good. They're very good days. So, um, and then Dan Bromley, you know, I, obviously I think he could be a tier three guy if he on the right motorcycle and, He's proven that he can, you know, he had two six, two sixth place finishes last year. He also had, you know, 13th, 15th, 13th, 14th, 14th. So um, I'm actually a big fan, I guess I'd say, of his ability to ride a motorcycle. He's he's a great, great rider. Um, got, you know, I've raced with him quite a bit over the years, but I have no fucking clue what to expect with this Honda twin. Does it even make it to Daytona? <laughs> I have no idea. Uh, I have no idea what to expect. I'm not not a big believer in it. I'm really not. I heard it's a really heavy engine. It's like a Triumph-based bike, like the Triumph Twin. Um, yeah, but he's a good rider. So I think, yeah, I don't know. Fuck, I don't know. I'll get your guys' insight. I have no idea. I don't know what to expect. Uh, great rider though. And he could, you know, very well have some good results on it on a TT or a short track, but no clue what to expect with that, with that motorcycle. And then I have Billy Ross in tier four, Billy, he's won a production twins race. He had a good result last year where he got six at Bridgeport. Um, but man, just really inconsistent, like 16, 16, 16, 13, 14, 12, 19, um, aside from his sixth place finish, his other best result was a 12th. So another guy who's capable, um, I don't know if it's mental or if it's equipment or, you know, what he's struggling with racecraft, getting good starts. Uh, but yeah, he's, you know, right in that cam Smith 
tier range where, you know, I think I think those guys are definitely capable of being in that tier four. So Jesse, um, thoughts on that, and would you add anybody? Uh, no, it seems pretty accurate. I think Bromley has a really strong ability to mask uh, motorcycles issues, I believe, like at the right track. So, like, it almost sucks for Dan that we're going to Daytona first. Uh, if Daytona was at the end of the year, I think he could probably have a really good result after kind of working out whatever bugs they have. But, man, it's not easy to just build a whole new motorcycle and, and just think you're not going to have a lot of issues with it. I mean, even just when it comes down to, like, electronics um they're kind of just guessing on what's going to work uh i know the chassis is going to be good at least but other than the chassis what question i mean there's a lot of questions with it uh as far as just electronics power delivery um like who's who's working on the thing i mean even they're starting with zero notes because it's a completely brand new bike uh as far as cam i mean shoot me and you saw him at wheat sport on like laps one and two that that dude can can rip off some fast laps so I wouldn't be surprised to see Cam like have some really good results in like a heat race or something, but uh, over the course of the whole main, it, it's tough to battle with the with the, the top guys. I mean, especially just over a lot of the tracks we're going through over the course of an entire main to, to compete with those guys is tough. And then uh, Billy, I mean, I think Billy's just kind of based around his program. I'm not exactly sure if he's just back on Cowies or what he's doing, um, but that's just kind of program based on uh, kind of how his year will go. Yeah, for me, this tier is, uh, I'm calling it the part-time, uh, where I think the riders that are in this tier four, I think if they were riding full-time or had access to resources that were a little bit higher, they would finish higher. But for me, I see it, uh, part-timers of like folks like Dan Bromley, uh, Sammy Halbert, Henry Wiles, um, I think you're going to see them drop in and do pretty well, but then not do a whole season. And so that's kind of where they would ultimately uh, end up in a, in a, in a points, uh, championship. Yeah. For the wild cards, Eric. Yeah. That's I, <laughs> I have, I have three wild cards listed for this class. It's uh Sammy okay. Halbert, Sammy Halbert, Kale Colkman and Henry Wiles. I have no idea if Henry's racing. I guess it would surprise me if he does something like Peoria. Um, obviously Declan Bender has taken over that, that Briggs Johnny Goad ride. Mm -hmm. Um, and Henry had a sixth and a fourth last year, but otherwise he was like an eighth, ninth, 10th place guy on the other races. So, and at I, his age though, and coming in halfway through the season, I gotta, you know, I still gotta say, God damn Henry, that's pretty good. I don't know, man. I just, I guess me and Jesse have just seen Henry when he was so good for so Fair. long that I just, yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I, I just thought he would have done better. I mean, I just like when I was turning pro, I mean, Wiles was the guy, I mean, which is crazy. Cause he never was the, the guy like consistently on a twin, but when it came to like the singles races, he was just so dominant for, yeah for like a long time. So yeah, I don't know. I mean, I hope he races. Like I love having Henry in the sport. It's, it's good for the sport. It's, it's great. Like I've said it for a long time. I, you know, I raced with him at, in Canada last year and dude has, he's still fast. Like he's got really good speed still. Uh, maybe he rides a single man. Maybe he's a single wild card. Maybe he shows up at Peoria and rides a single. I mean, I guess it wouldn't surprise me. I, I if I were him, I would. Um, yeah, I'd rather ride a single that's fast that I could maybe win on than ride a twin that isn't 
you know, and it wouldn't be up the caliber of like Dallas's, you know, yeah. Yamaha. So, so are you adding um, uh, JD into the wild card mix? Cause the, there's the, you know, the information that I Jesse just, had given us. I don't, he's got I don't, his card. I'm not sold on him getting his card. Okay. Like I, I, I think that's more maybe just to get into the racist, man. I, I don't <laughs> like, I talked to him and I just don't, he had, didn't seem like he had any plans at all to, to run flat track this year. Um, so, but Halbert on the XR 750, that could be, that could surprise some people. I, I don't see him winning on that bike. I'm sorry, Sammy. You could probably, you know, jot this on a post-it note and put it on your window or mirror and fucking come at me if, if you snag a win on it. But I just, a podium wouldn't surprise me. I mean, a win would be massive. Can you imagine him winning on an XR 750 in 2024? The internet Insane. would explode. Um but I've watched him ride. He still looks good. He looks good. He's he's capable, I think. But I don't know. The guys that win are just so fucking good. Like Jared, Dallas, Breyer. I mean, you have to to win a race. You have to beat at least those three. And then you throw in a good B-Rob that day or Davis, Vanderkoy. It's just hard for anybody. I mean, there's four guys that won races last year. You take away JD, now there's three. So, yeah, those are my wild cards. Kel Colkman, he could show up and and have a good top 10, top eight finish, depending on where we're at. I think last year at Ventura, he was like the fast qualifier one of the sessions. So those are my wild cards. Um, obviously, let me go through this um, this twins entry list. Well, Jesse, you have anything to follow up on that, Eric? Nope. We, uh, I am in agreement. Yes, yeah, seems accurate. I mean, Sammy's going to get aggressive, and we're all here for it. So. <laughs> yeah, fuck yeah. Yeah, the fact, again, that Sammy and Johnny, they got kind of, you know, a little hustle last year at Daytona was just, it's just funny to me. Um, it's just funny that, like, I, great riders, they're aggressive by nature. And the fact that they get mad at each other, it's just, that's what's funny to me because... They're both so guilty of riding really aggressive and running into running into each other. So, like when Sammy got mad at Dalton at that indoor, I'm like, bro, come on, you fucking you run into everybody. I didn't think that was that bad. Um, and same with Johnny with Halbert running into Johnny. I mean, Johnny was pole putting, dude. He was parking it hard, and Sammy's aggressive. Like you got to know your audience. So it just yeah, when guys dish it out and they get mad when they get it back. That's just kind of, I don't know. I just think that's funny, like ironic, kind of funny. Um, Cause Sammy was pretty good at his whole career about dishing it out and taking it. So that indoor was kind of, kind of crazy that he got a little salty, a little soft in his old age, but, um, but he's capable, bro. Sammy's a great rider and, and he could do very well. Um, looking down the entry list, there's only 16 pre-entered guys. I think we're going to have 25, maybe 25 to 28 in Daytona. Uh, I mentioned Logan McGrain moving up, Wyatt Vaughn. Yeah, it's. I mean, people are probably going to give them shit for moving up because they weren't they weren't singles main event guys, at least last year. Like I know Logan's made a couple main events the year prior, but I don't know. I think it's a good move, honestly, on their part. I mean, I think it's easier, obviously, to make a main on a twin than it is a single. It's way harder to win a Twins main or podium, but to make the main, you just don't get the entries. So if like one or two guys break in the heat race and one guy 
is off really bad, dude, they fucking could very well sneak into a Twins main event where you're not really squeaking in the singles mains anymore. I don't know, Jesse. I mean, be honest. I mean, and then we have like, I'll get to you in a second, <laughs> but we have, we have Declan Bender who we didn't talk about. Um, I think it's really cool that he's moving up. He's a really nice kid. He's riding for Johnny Goad, legendary Johnny Goad, but I just didn't see the consistency last year, even on the single for this. Um, and then he's riding, like, he's a pretty good miler. Like, he had a really good result last year at Springfield on the single. But he's picking probably the slowest bike to ride on the miles in the Twins class, where, like, if he was on a really fast twin, I think maybe maybe he'd have, like, his best result. But he's picking the bike that's probably the worst on the miles on his best track. So I'm not sure what to expect with Declan. I think he's going to have some growing pains. Um, not saying I'm not rooting for him. I Anytime he does well, I'll be happy for him. But this class is a lot harder than people think, at least in that top 10 range. But yeah, talk about some of that, Jesse. I kind of talked about a lot there with the singles riders moving up, et cetera. Yeah. I mean, I I think, uh, I mean, Declan, um, Mishler, a couple of the other single guys that bounced up, they're going to be struggling to get top 10. It's just not easy. And uh, the top 10 dudes are legit right they're on good bikes they're on good teams and they typically have a lot of experience so um hopping up onto the twin isn't easy they're definitely a different motorcycle and a lot of it comes back to kind of who's in your corner and who's in the pits um i certainly learned that uh you could say the hard way or the easy way because i had a really good team (laughs) there at the end uh which made it really easy because they had a big notebook but i was also one of those guys that didn't have great opportunities when i was younger and i was in the back so um, yeah, I just think it's it's difficult when you move into the twins class because a lot of it's dictated more so than uh, you know the bike you're on, the team you're on. Just a lot of it kind of plays into the factors of how well you're going to do. There's only a couple guys that can hop on those bikes and make a big difference, and realistically, that's like Mies and Briar, right? Like any anybody else is going to be struggling uh, with with the bike. It's just it's not a 450. They're very very different and. Uh, but hey, that's what makes it exciting, I guess. So we'll see. And I would say, so like I've been kind of taking notes as the the pod's been going on. And some of the the things that I wanted to bring up that you guys kind of talked about there is, but I mean, the the singles riders jumping up into the twins class. I think, at, you know, and this is from a, sta- a standpoint of a fan. Yes, you might have that knee jerk like, whoa, what are they? But, you know, I think as a whole, the sport needs to realize this is a business decision for them. Like these riders, this is their job and they're either going to dick around in the very back, making no money for the singles or look at it from a business standpoint of like, look, I can have better results and make more money in the twins class by bumping up. So I don't think anyone should fault them for making this decision. I think it's great for the sport. And I think AFT should have, you know, definitely, uh, you know, give them a high fucking five for coming up because what it's doing is showing that the twins class is premier. And as a fan of the sport, I will always look at the twins class as the premier class. So good for them. Uh, another thing to think about with the, the twins class. Um, and I think we proved it that our math isn't very good, but Corey, just, you guys can help me out here, but I think there's eight different bikes in the twins uh, main event. I mean, if you add, you know, the Harley XR and then the XG, I think that, you know, um, I think that's 
that's something that should be noted. Like, oh, that's awesome. That's good. It's kind of coming back to where you had a bunch of different manufacturers. Um, but then um, also speaking on those singles, I forgot to mention this. You know, people can say what they want about Declan, but at the end of the day, Declan was the rookie of the year in the singles class. And I think if you step back, that's that's what a, a rookie of the year should have the opportunity to do is go into the twins class. Um, you could say what you want about his results or if he's figuring the bike out. But I think at a, as a marketing standpoint, the rookie of the year in the singles class jumping up into the premier class makes sense on paper. So those are my hot takes. Jesse, want to follow up on that? No comment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think you reached a little bit in some of that. Um, some of these singles guys that are riding a twin, you said it's their job. It ain't their fucking job unless they're making money. And I don't really think. What's their, they want it to be their job. For I a understand lot that. Um they don't, they want it to be their job and they, they need to put the work in during the week and on social media and send the emails and the training, like yeah. mm -hmm. for them, for people to want, like, if they talk about this being their job, I mean, you need to punch in, like, you can't just work on the weekends. Like, you know, when you have a real job, you work every day, you know, or at least six, five, six days a week. So the guys that want to make this a job, y'all have a lot of fucking work to do, um, for some of these guys, you know, so it's not a knock on them. I'm not trying to hurt their feelings or anything it's just a fucking swift kick of reality <laughs> where if you guys want this to be a job you can't just i mean dude you make a main event on a twin you're getting a thousand bucks like that ain't shit anymore i mean back in the day a g-bar it was nice um but back in the day shit was a lot less expensive than it is now a thousand dollars ain't ain't really that that much money anymore so so yeah that that hot take um i know what you meant but that was kind of like I had to had to address that one. Oh no, man! A thousand dollars in my household is a lot of fucking money. So I guess, yeah, it's a I lot of money, but not if it's your job. Like if you get paid eighteen times a year and you make say you make every main, you get thousand dollars. That's eighteen thousand dollars. That ain't job. Like that's yeah. a that's a that's a what's working at the ice cream stand. You know that's. But don't a, you think that it it makes more financial sense for them though to jump up in the twins class though? Versus dicking around in the singles class and not making mains. Absolutely, none of this makes any financial sense. It's a thousand bucks in fuel to get to the race. It's a hotel room is three hundred bucks for the weekend. Everybody here is doing this for a hobby that's not in the top five, dude. Like, yeah. if you want this okay. to be a real job, there shouldn't be guys sitting on the couch watching the races that are faster than you. There's a hot take. Yeah, there you go, Billy. There's your hot take right there. Edit that one, Billy. Yeah. And the Declan take, I probably shouldn't reach on this because I really like Declan. Um, I just mm -hmm. don't, I didn't see enough where, I don't know though. It's hard. Like if I got that opportunity rather than go race a single by myself or go and ride a twin where he mm -hmm. could just show up and, and, and do that. Yeah. I mean, I, dude, I, I get the decision. Um, I just don't know. Um, I mean, yeah, he, I don't know, dude, he won rookie of the year, which is amazing. It's awesome, dude. Like he, he really stepped it up at the end there, but I don't know. We'll see, man. I, I just think it's going to be tough. I just, um, the twins, a big, big fucking motorcycle and you got to be fit. You got to be strong and you got to be mentally ready to go to war with Sammy Halbert, Jared Meese, <laughs> Briar Bauman. Um, when I moved up to a twin, 
I wrote a twin very well at a local level. Um, you know, I felt like talent wise, I was pretty solid on my XR 750. But the first time I ever had to line up next to JR Schnabel at Lima, my fucking tail was tucked between my legs. It's like, it's, <laughs> it's a very terrifying thing when you line up to these guys that this is their job. This is how they feed yeah. their families. And that mindset in the twins class, you're racing men. I mean, you're racing guys that mm -hmm. this is what they do. Um, and that's why I think you see a big difference. You see these twins guys lapping up into the top 10 because they're not racing around because they want the social media cloud or they, you know, it's something to do on the weekend. This is, this is their job. So I think it'll be, um, it'll be cool. And I'm like, again, I'm, I'm rooting for Declan. I'm rooting for all these guys. I'm rooting for Logan McGrain. I'm rooting for these guys to get in these mains. Um, but I also don't want that them to think that this is going to be an easier route. Um, you know, some aspects of it mm -hmm. is, is a little bit easier, but it depends what your goals are. If your goal is to go out there and make one or two main events a year, then maybe this is a better decision. Uh, it could happen, especially if you go out to like what castle rock has like 18 guys you basically are in the main yay good job <laughs> um but if your goal is to do this as a career then it takes a lot of work a lot of effort and like jesse said uh there's a lot of good guys on the couch that are ready to take ready to take these rides and i'm just very surprised that people don't even call like jesse or they don't call um like brandon price i don't think got many calls like people that are sitting around that they've already proven they can do it um, if I was one of these twins guys, I'd be calling up these guys who have, you know, they've got the job done. Cause, uh, it's just, yeah. so do you guys ever do, and, and again, completely ignorant question, but you see it in like the business world. Do you guys ever do like exit interviews? Like when you're done with the season and you're going away from a team, do you ever have that open dialogue to where you guys can be honest with each other and kind of learn more? Cause that, you know, that might answer a lot of questions. I got Jesse. a phone call and told I didn't have a ride. When that was it. Okay. So there wasn't ever like a sit down of like, all right, so this is where we're, we were going. And um, what did you think? Yada, yada. So both parties I mean, my, grow. Going. They left, my, my sponsor left the sport. So it wasn't, uh, <laughs> they were just gone. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know, man. I've, I, I don't know. I, I've never even, a lot of my, I never even got phone calls back, man. I, it's uh, but then they'd hire somebody to, you know, somebody else to ride the bike. Like I, I was trying to get a ride on an XG. I think it was like the second, not trying, but I was, we were talking back and forth about an XG ride, like my second or third year it was a new, a new team that had a couple XGs. And, uh, the guy who I wanted to ride for, he said I was too old. He's like, I don't really want texter. He's too old. So then he goes and hires a rider who. I beat pretty much every single race that year. Um, and nothing against the, the rider, but I beat him every single race. He was young, but fitness wise results, I beat him every single race. Then he hired a second rider who was the oldest guy in the class. <laughs> so I, maybe people just think I'm an asshole. They didn't want to deal with me, but, uh, but no, I, I don't know how rides work, man. It is a lot of it's political. Um, a lot of people just have a, have a good eye for talent or a bad eye for talent, but you know, and then guys just don't capitalize on it. They, they get a ride and it's like, Oh, you know, like they just don't, they don't appreciate that opportunity. So yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't know how it works, Eric, but 
if it wasn't for people like Jerry Stinchfield and Tim Essenson and Mike Turner kind of employing these riders, we'd be in some big trouble. Um, a lot of riders wouldn't get paid. I mean, you take somebody like, like Dallas, man, um, or even Jared, like you take away their ride. Who are they riding for? Who's paying them? Like who's, how are they getting paid? So you look at Briar, man. I mean, even Briar, it's dude, it's, it's, it's crazy where we're at right now. So we could talk about that quite a bit, but well, on the flip side of that, let me get your opinion. Do you see any, uh, you know, kind of, how do I say this? Um, a ray of sunshine coming through the fact that at round one, we have, what is it? Seven, eight different types of motorcycles lining up where in years past, it's been kind of yeah, you know, not yeah, that yeah. way. No, that's cool. Okay. No, that's definitely cool. And uh, there's a lot of good things. I mean, I, I like the flow racing package they just announced. I think yeah, that is really cool. Package. Like I went to bat, like if something's going right, dude, I'm, I'm the first one. Like I'll tell you if it's good. I'll tell you if it's bad. People don't, they don't want to hear the bads. They only want to hear the goods, but you don't get better unless you hear the bads. Like I think the flow racing yeah. package, it, it could be very good. I, I like that some of these singles guys are moving up. Like I think it takes some, some testicles for these guys to fucking get their twins license. Like, like I, I think it's cool, man. I really do. Um, I think Just tell that, all the singles riders that are jumping up that they can, I'm their safe space. I'll be, I'll be there to be their, their hype, man. You guys are the bullies. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> hey, I go out of my way to say hi to all these yeah. kids when I'm at the yeah, track. Yeah. I, I offer anytime that I've told all these guys, you need, you want any advice, but you want honest yeah, advice. Sure. You call me, I'll give you <laughs> advice. Um, it's not that I don't want them to, to do well, but um, yeah, they also yeah, need yeah. reality checks here and there. So uh, yeah, yeah. Jesse, what are your thoughts? Anything else you want to kind of follow up on the twins, the season? Um we didn't talk about the schedule too much, Jesse, but what are your thoughts on the schedule? Uh, a little bit different schedule for these twins guys, and who do you think it helps? Who do you think it hurts? I mean, I think if somebody doesn't like what we're saying, they can just prove us wrong. So there's obviously that. Amen. Uh, as far as uh, the tracks, <laughs> I'm going to be honest, I don't even know the schedule. Uh, I mean, I know they're going to California. I think it's like Silver Dollar or something, something up north. That that's not, That place sounds like it could be pretty cool. Um, as far as the tracks, I, I mean, I know less most miles. Of the schedule, I mean, yeah, less, less miles. miles. I mean, they took a, I think they took them. Well, however you want to say that they added a millimeter, they took a millimeter away. Either way, they made it worse for the Indians. So I think less miles is probably a good thing. I mean, Jared won anyways. Um, but the places that he won that are still there, which is the coin and Springfield are well, Springfield. He kind of walked away from them, but uh, DeCoin, I mean, he won a good battling race. Um, I don't know, man. The top three dudes are the top three dudes. They're good at all three racetracks. I think Jared struggles a hair more on the TTs, but when we say he struggles, it's still typically a podium. So it's not like it's just it's usually behind Briar and Dallas. So, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I think it's going to be a good – it's going to be a good year with all three of them. The only question mark I have a little bit is, I know the people behind Briar's program are really good. And I know Briar's really good. It's just, uh, it's still a mystery when the other two are on the exact same program. So depending on how Briar's program got to goes to start the year, will kind of dictate how his year is going to go as far as points goes. Um, he's going to be good either way by the end of the year. Um, that doesn't mean, you know, whether he wins two races or six races, though, that's going to be dictated on how the beginning of the year goes. So, uh, I mean, yeah. I guess we'll see. Yeah, I think the the storyline of, uh, you know, the less miles could hurt Tom, 
but ultimately help Dallas. So you've got um, parallels of the same team that, you know, are both like one side of the, you know, the, the rig would be in favor of the, the schedule changes, but the other side of the rig would be, you know, complaining about it. I think that's pretty interesting for, you know, a team that has riders in both, uh, both classes. I think the, the narrative is because Mies has won a lot of miles that less miles hurts him, but growing up, Jared Meese was always a half mile guy. I mean, I get he wins miles now, but he has the most, I think the most half mile wins in the history of the sport. So I think the, the narrative that the miles, um, less miles are going to hurt him. I'm just not buying it because they also have one less TT. So I think that helps Jared quite a bit as well. Uh, one of his worst results last year was Arizona TT. So you take that out of the picture. And then I will say, I think the more short tracks, is what helps Dallas and what helps Briar. The fact that we're going the silver dollar, we're going, you know, we have the two Daytonas. I guess there's not really that many more, but um, I think that's more than, than the less miles. Um, Cause like Jesse said, they're, they're good on all types of tracks. So uh, same thing, quick, quick answer. And we'll wrap this pot up. Uh, any first time winners in 2024, Jesse, and who is it? If there no. is one. No, Eric. Yeah, same. I don't. I, I don't. I don't see anybody surprising us. Yeah, I'm gonna say no. I'm gonna say no. Um, any first time podium finishers, Jesse? Nope. Mm, I. It would have to be uh, a wild card that comes in. Uh, for a one-off race like you know if somebody comes in for a like a tt or something but with what i'm looking at now no i don't see any new podiums yeah i mean i hate to be a glass half empty guy i just think there's maybe like a three to five percent chance we see maybe like i mean because even johnny johnny lewis he's podiumed in that class before so maybe maybe a colby maybe colby maybe a bruner maybe fucking goes maybe just tapes his throttle wide open at Lima and just fucking sends it and podiums Lima. Um, Watch out, Max. Price is podium. Max, yeah, I mean, maybe Max. Hey, I got one. Uh, I was watching a little flat track flash flashback on YouTube and Cody made a comment that he would maybe hop into the twins class this year. So I will take a, I'll give you guys the one hot take. If Cody Cop hops in the twins class, I think he could pull mm. off a podium if if he does like a couple select rounds, depending on what bike he's on. That's true because he he's not a pool. he's not a corporate man anymore, so he can do what he I'm wants. A, so that's I'm a good. big Cody fan, but I don't see that. I think he could top seven or eight, but podium he'd have to beat me, Spryer, or Dallas. And you have B Rob. He's Davis. been riding the Indian since he was like four years old at his dad's place. He's he's ridden it before. I don't see it. I don't see him jumping in middle of his season like i think he could podium if he focused on the twins class next year i think he could get a you know a couple podiums but i don't know man up cody don't be a bitch right right <laughs> forget snag that podium yeah I, I don't know man i yeah it'd be tough but last one i have 2024 champion jesse Mies. arley Mies. Yeah, I got to go Jared, man. I'm hoping Briar, obviously, that's my dude. But I think Jared, until he's beaten, he's the guy. I just, he's he's relentless. And that's a lot of 
a lot of love and respect to uh, the other guys in this class. D- Dallas is an exceptional talent, exceptionally talented guy. Um, amazing generational talent. Briar is like Jesse said, he's probably the best guy I've seen talent wise, ride or bike. Meese just has those X factors that makes a champion a champion. And I just, I'm going with Meese for number 10. So you can't, I mean, like, I think Jesse, you had just said it a while ago talking about like, if you disagree, prove us wrong. And I think in that vein, you know, if you, I mean, Jared has proven right that he's he's the winner so if someone wants to disagree well then go beat him and it's it's hard like he's as a fan it's just so incredible to watch i beat him this, last year i was one and oh against jared last year <laughs> and he's never gonna live it down and Cody. you have that you yeah. have that above your bed don't you i beat both champs last year the only time i raced them <laughs> both so i don't know i think i should get something for that <laughs> uh, i don't oh. know yeah Buck, I don't even think I could uh, defend my Dairyland top six finish because I got a hurt knee. <laughs> so, Janice, you'll have to hold it down. You'll have to go out and do a little Dairyland mission. Oh, I'll be there. I can't promise I'll be fast, but I'll probably be there racing. We'll see. <laughs> you got second there one year, right? So you won it. Did you win it? Come on. I was on the billboard for one year. Did you? All right. Yeah. <laughs> I knew you I, had second. I won it in... in- I think I got second in like 2016 and I won it in 2019. That's badass. Yeah. That's a, that's a fun one. Um, anything else we can talk about? Maybe we'll do a pod prior to Daytona, but we'll see. Um, I have a, yeah, I wanted to, you guys kind of quickly talked about it. I wanted to talk about flow. Uh, I thought that was a low key, huge win for the sport. And, um, that, you know, the fact that it's a little bit more expensive in the grand scheme of things, it's not that much more expensive as someone I've been someone that's been using flow for a number of years uh, and for another sport that I love to watch, which is rugby. And it's a wonderful platform. I've never had any issues with like playback or like, you know, lag or any of the other shit that we've been dealing with, with, you know, with flat track the last couple of years. And so I wanted to get your guys' opinion on it. Um, I think it's a fire. I thought it was a huge win for American flat track. Janish. I'm not paying for it either way, dog. <laughs> come on goddamn cheap scare there is an absolute zero percent chance i'm paying for any of it i think it's good i think it's good yeah. man i i really do i i mean there's a lot i mean people were bitching about the the price um but i i've you know i i've done live streaming with winter throwdown i've and i've researched i've talked to flow racing like i've i i've i've had these conversations with different people and it's it's a lot, man. It is a lot to make happen, and I think their deal is pretty good. Like I think Flow is actually paying, or I don't know how it works, but I think they brought AFT onto their package. So I think it's good for the sport because more people get to see the people. Like it's really big in sprint car racing and kart racing and stuff like that. Yeah. So those fans, if they have the package, like I I have um, Peacock because of Supercross, but I've mm-hmm. turned on other stuff on Peacock because of I already have it. Like. I'm just going to, you know, watch something else on it. So if something's not going on, if there's not a world of outlaw race that night or what have you, then yeah, a lot more fans can tune in and get it. Um, and I don't think it's that expensive, like no offense to those people and and also Jesse, but I think it's like, it's like nine 95 a race. Um, you know, for the people that really want to watch it, I don't think the price is 
is outrageous at all. I think, you know, it's, it's fair. If you go to a rate, if you go and be there in person, it's way more expensive than just sitting on the couch and, and buying it. So yeah, it's, it's cool. I, I still stand by and I hate that the promoters who aren't AFT don't get a percentage of the live stream. Uh, the Peoria's, the Jared Mises, and uh, I forget the guy's name that does the coin, but they should absolutely get, whether it's 10, 20% of the live stream. And my reason for this, dude, I had a full-blown argument. I got to stay off Facebook. The fans are literally, it's like arguing with a Dorito. It's like, you can't even, no matter what you say, it makes no sense. But it's a conflict of interest, in my opinion, when the series is marketing and promoting their live stream, because they get paid for that or whoever the live streaming people are. And then you have the promoters that are promoting to please, you know, come to the race, buy a ticket, et cetera. So I think if it's a, it's a really hot day at Lima, I think you have a lot of people that live within two hours of the track that just don't come because they have the live stream option. So I think it's okay. Like for me at winter throwdown, I, it was my live stream. I paid for it. And I also promote the event. Um, but if it's a conflict of interest there, I would like to see the promoters get a percentage of the live stream. And I'm not sure why they don't. So, uh, yeah, I think, uh, uh, local blackout is something you see with a lot of, uh, leagues and stuff. Uh, and then also share revenue is pretty common. Um, so I, yeah, I, I scratched my head on that one too. Roger that Janish, any follow-up? I have no idea about any of it, man. I just, uh, not paying for and that's that. why we love you <laughs> cheap <laughs> well i think i'm good guys um again shout out to mission foods for making this pod possible jerry stinchfield all the other sponsors that support us go on the their social pages give them a follow um to all the fans that tune in whether or not you 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 want to or not we appreciate you guys subscribing and uh and tuning in and everything else and i got some flack this week for uh coming at a fan who said that uh he didn't want to hear any more of my life stories and at the end of the day i mean y'all should appreciate my my kind of openness uh with with everybody um you know that unfiltered approach is is what we need more of in the sport i got i someone said it, i was being a little i quote a little bitch um you know i i think i think uh i think it's fine i think you know at the end of the day i'm I'm me before I'm anything else, Corey, the racer, Corey, you know, anything else. I, it all blends together for me. And that's just how I've always been. Um, there's a lot of stuff I ignore. Trust me. There's, there's a lot that I ignore, but every once in a while, I'm going to, I'm going to chirp up and speak on it. And, you know, the fact that I did a, a full podcast on sort of like a, a big mental health thing I struggled with for a long time. And the guy said, we don't want to hear any more of your stories. I thought that warranted a fuck off. So I don't know. Um, nothing personal toward <laughs> that yeah. guy, but, um, like, I, you know, I don't know him personally, but, uh, if he didn't say anything, I wouldn't have responded. So it's, uh, he kind of stuck his foot in the fire on that one, but no, it's, I think riders need to be more unfiltered with that. And it's kind of like Kevin Durant too, man. Like he was walking out of the, walking out of the arena the other day and two fans in the comfort of their, of their seats drinking beer one of them called him a bitch like why should he walk by and not even respond to that um you know we're all humans at the end of the day and if you're gonna say something like i think i think the riders or athletes they should stand up for themselves when it when it makes sense i mean you can't go out every single person it'd be a full-time job but 
every once in a while, I think it's totally fine. And no, nah, it's all good, man. I just, I think that unfiltered approach, we need more of that in the sport, you know? So, um, yeah, I don't know, Eric, your thoughts on that, but yeah, I think it's, uh, what I love about the, this podcast is, you know, love or hate it. We're still creating content and, uh, helping, you know, market the series. And, you know, I'm talking about a sport that I love as a, as a fan. Uh, do I know everything? No, I don't, but it's awesome just to like, you know, sit here and have a fucking conversation with Corey Texture and Jesse Janice. It's surreal and it's awesome. And, uh, hopefully everybody out there loves the, the, you know, the flat track specific content that we create. Yeah. And I genuinely appreciate every single fan. Like the, the guy's like, Oh, you must not appreciate the fans. I'm like, dude, I, I never, I, when have I ever showed that I don't appreciate the fans? Like even the fans that talk, you know, say stuff negative or whatever. Um, I appreciate the guy that said that, like, I appreciate you in a way, but I'm going to also stand on business. When you say something, I'm going to respond to it. So, uh, but no, we appreciate you guys. Like I say it every show, I thank, thank everybody in per like when I see somebody with a podcast hat on or a shirt at a race, it fires me the fuck up. Like, I'm like, no way. I had the one race, it was two people in the same area wearing different shirts that didn't even know each other. And it was just, that stuff fires us up. And yeah, at the end of the day, we've said it before on this, we need more content. Like if you go and watch Supercross, there's so many podcasts and websites and, you know, vlogs and blogs and all kinds of stuff that kind of help grow the sport and we need more of this stuff. So I definitely encourage more people to, uh, to, uh, engage with the riders on social media. Um, Halbert's been doing a really good job with his YouTube channel. Um, riders, you know, they're doing a little bit better. We need to do a lot, a lot of it better, but yeah, the, the content is what's, what's going to grow the sport in 2024. It's, uh, to all the old heads, it's the sport is a lot different than it was 30 years ago. And, um, this is what we need to do to grow it. But Jesse, appreciate you, man, for coming on. Um, always enjoy me, me and Jesse bench race all the time and always enjoy, uh, having you on, man. So thanks for, thanks for coming on and chatting. Yeah. Awesome. I enjoy it. Looking forward to, uh, two races next week already coming quick. It'll be good. Eric. Thanks again, man, for you. This was a lot easier on my, on my leg than the last one. We're slowly, but surely <laughs> making progress. Um, Fuck yeah, yeah. One it'll step, get there. It'll get one, there. One step at a time, literally. So, uh, yeah, that's a wrap guys. Um, appreciate everybody once again for tuning in and, uh, let us know what you think until next time we out. <laughs>